0: Hey, welcome back to another edition of the 5Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. We are up to episode 106. Yeah, we've cruised by the 100 mark. We're chugging along, Um, get an opportunity to record because we're out seeing a lot of games. Uh, I I know previously we were really excited about the tournament schedule, but I got to say I'm glad that's in the rearview mirror now because it was just... It was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of, man, I've got like 26 pages of written notes from games. And that's like, I hadn't had an opportunity to really sit down and write. So finally got some of those published up at 5tool.org. But um, the district schedule is is rocking and rolling. We've got stuff in Texas that's, um, you know, district games are going. And then we've got our coverage in California and Arizona. That's off to a to a start as well and even Colorado and some other places as well so it really feels like the high school baseball season is definitely um in full swing now at all across all of our regions but uh Drew first off how you doing how's the family um
1: how's everything going uh good um we got baby's four month checkup today after we finished nice. recording yeah um got I guess we're not too far out from three-year-old birthday so um wife has been planning that mm-hmm. and getting all the invitations out and yeah so nothing swimming tonight swimming, swimming. Tonight. okay yeah yeah so we gotta get jack back us.
0: back in swimming we, we we got him off there and then we need to get him back in there so yeah be be a good so that way when the summer rolls around he'll have something to occupy him, but, and he's got the four month today. Lucy has her nine month today. And then Jack's got his birthday coming up too. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're living this, uh, we're living this experience at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) that's definitely survival, but um, yeah, we're going to talk about some games today. You've got I think about three to talk about. I've only got like one, but I went through and um, kind of, noted some uncommitted players throughout the last gosh it's been a month and a half I think of games that uh, that have kind of caught my eye I tried to steer more towards older players as opposed to the you know super stud sophomores and juniors and things like that are kind of the obvious names although there's a couple of those guys on this list but um my games last my options last night around here all got rained out and pushed to today uh, so I think I'm going to go out and see Liberty Hill in Rouse tonight. Two of the top 5A teams in the state of Texas. Good rivalry matchup there. That'll be a good one. But, um, yeah, you survived the the elements last night. It looked like it was kind of drizzling throughout Dallas and everything else. And, uh, you know, that might have impacted uh, pitching a little bit, I think. Pitching a deal. Yeah. I feel like I saw a lot of spicy Twitter accounts from high school teams last night, like calling out their team's defense and stuff like across like Dallas and Houston and and central Texas. It was like, you know, Oh, 500 runs. We got to get them tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to that game in a little bit, but yeah, uh, there was a lot of weather from what it looked like on the, on the Twitter feeds that it was was, everywhere, but a bunch of those games that you, you can't really penalize anyone for anything. You know, I know it has to count, especially if it's a district game, but you know, from an evaluation standpoint, you can't really penalize someone for stuff that's uncharacteristic in games like that. That's how yeah. that's how bad the game I was at was as far as the conditions. But I'll when we get to it, I'll talk a little bit more. But I was impressed with how the two teams I saw last night um really just kind of battled and you know, nobody complained. They just, you know, kept playing through it and we're into the game. So that was exciting, but, but yeah, so going back to last night or last week, um, you know, I got to see, you know, I saw Heath and Rockwell on Tuesday, which we already covered. Then I got to see another rivalry game between Flower Mound, Flower Mound, Marcus on Wednesday. Um, Some good stuff. There are some guys in that game that we've known about and, but I haven't gotten to see a whole, see a whole lot. Um, But just a really good rivalry, two really good teams, um, two very talented teams, two well-coached teams. Um, and, you know, I I came away really impressed with Flower Mound. Um, kind of like the Rockwall Heap series. Um, yeah. Marcus has kind of had the edge lately. Um, and there was a big home run in the game that I just kind of got the feeling that that got them mentally over the hump. And that was hit by Garrett Wallace. But, um, yeah, going, going through the Flower Mound side – uh, several good things there. Um, Zane Becker caught, did well back behind the plate. He caught Zach James who Zach James was really, really impressive. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked his pace. He was about 84, 87, but you can see it's easy and it, it yeah, jumps. it's coming. It, yeah. It, it jumps out of there. So, you know, it's, it, it, I imagine for hitters, it looks faster. And then, you know, with his frame and, you know apparently his dad's a big guy, so um lots of like there. I know TCU was out there watching him throw. so um really really liked him. I mean like, like I said, I love guys that work fast and catch the ball and go. I mean, it was mm-hmm. hard to like keep keep track of stuff with my notes because he was catching and going so fast. um but he went five and two thirds, really did well kept uh, kept a good Flower Mound Marcus team off balance um and then Josh Glazer. Came in in a huge situation and got a strikeout with bases loaded um, to keep get the momentum back on their side when it looked like Marcus was starting to make a little move. Um, but really impressed with Josh Blazer, um, Texas State commit. Uh, came in was up to ninety, um, threw a good breaking ball and just competed like he came at you. Um, that was kind of the theme for all the mountain pitchers where they just they attack and that was I think that was big for them. Um, going through the lineup. Sam Erickson had a double. He made a really good uh, play in the outfield and right field as well. Um, Adrian Rodriguez. uh, That was my first like really good look at him where I really got to bear down on him and pay attention. And I was really impressed with him because we know he's got really big power. Yeah. Uh, I didn't ever really feel like he was trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought he did a really good job of just kind of going the other way with the ball and, doing what the situation called for had a good sack fly to left field drove in a run had an opposite field single that drove in a run and and hit a ball well to second base so grounded out but the ball was hit really well. Um Josh Glazer at the plate had an RBI single like you talked about that that Garrett Wallace home run was huge. Um, yeah. He he got into one and hit a home run and it just you know even though even though at the time I think flower mound was up that just gave them some breathing room and then they started, you, you could see the confidence come from the entire team after he hit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big moment. Uh, they were fired up, you know, and it just felt like one of those things that, you know, got them over the hump and really, you know, told the rest of the team that they could do it. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big win for them. Um, on the Marcus side, our guy Hank Harp had two hits again, Always loved watching him play. Just a baseball player. Caden (laughs) Sorrell didn't fill up the box score that night, but really, I mean, still did some stuff. You know, I know the scouts were able to go home with some stuff. That's what we talk about a lot. Like, you know, even in times when you may not light up the box score, you can still give scouts and coaches something to take away from the game. And Caden Sorrell did that a couple times, getting down the line really good. Um, You know, had him around 4-1. Uh, ended up with an infield single, his last at bat to keep the game alive, um, and then had a really good throw from the outfield as well um, that held a runner at third, and it was really impressive. So, I mean, all the everyone in attendance were like, "Okay, that's a that's a, that's a big time arm from the outfield," which you know you know, but until you see it in game action, sometimes it's you, you just if you haven't seen him enough, you, you might not know. Um, but he threw a ball in from center field that was really impressive um major spence had a hit um for a guy his size he moves well i got him down the line at a four three yeah uh, uh as a first baseman um impressive van klein you know does what he did Did like you said he got on base twice with two walks um and then uh braylon Murth hit the ball hard twice only had one hit to show for it um because that was the play that Excuse me, the Erickson made uh, a good play on and right, but hit the ball hard. Um on the mound, uh Zach Kirkpatrick, I like him, man. Like McClendon commit, um just seems to get better every time out. Uh stuff is ticked up for sure, knows how to pitch. Um, you know, had good pace, moved the ball around, uh, threw some good sliders, uh, six K's in four innings or four plus innings, but um uh, I've liked him for a while. Um, you know, he's kind of a tone-setting guy. He's, you know, he's started game one for most of the tournaments and, excuse me, in in, the, in district play for, for Marcus. So, you know, that's, that says a lot right there. Um, mm-hmm. But really good atmosphere, even though it was spring break. Um, and Flower Mound came away with the win. I think Marcus ended up winning on Friday to split. But good series. Um, and then going to the part – Part two uh, for Rockwall and Heath um, was another, you know, they can't play a game that's not exciting. Yeah.
0: Um, It's just required at this point.
1: Yeah. Rockwall got up early six zero and it was close, you know, it kind of had that feel of like this was close to getting out out of hand, but then uh, Heath battled their way back in, um, scored five runs in one inning and then eventually tied it up in the bottom of the sixth. Um, And then, then they had a couple walks, and then Pearson Reebok had the big hit. But from a, from going through the lineup for Rockwall, um, Pearson Reebok was on base with a walk, stole stole second, uh, hit a hard ball to the center field, and then hit the big three-run double um, that essentially iced the game. Uh, Braden Randall, was, I had him at five for five. Um, scoring discrepancy for somebody. So I saw one place it had him as four for five, but – I gave him a hit. I don't think they were going to throw him out. But um, four singles and a double, uh, three RBIs, um, just, you know, playing on a bum ankle, you know, probably Mm -hmm. in all reality, shouldn't have been playing. uh, But he wasn't going to miss that game. Um, You know, it's just one of those games to both of those teams that, you know, if if you can – if you're breathing, you're probably playing. Yeah. Um, And that's what – and Braden had a really, really big game that just, you know, Highlighted what kind of player he is. He's playing hard. He's getting down the ball. I got him up down the line at four-one on a wow. ground ball while hurt. Um, and then one of his most impressive plays, he was on second base on a pass ball third strike. He scored from second base, kind of caught he na- napping a little bit, but just a hustle play, a heads-up play. Um, he's always looking to take that extra base and you know, just does what he needs to do at the plate to get on base, and then he's he's wreaks havoc on the base pass. Uh macros four for five three rbis pitched well as well through three plus innings you know still still a little bit banged up but man he he just always competes um and and look good at the plate had an rbi double and two rbi singles um has done a good job going the other way with the ball mm-hmm. at times um just really really quality hitter uh knows how to hit doesn't try to do too much Uh, even though he he can leave the yard just about any time. Uh Jake Overstreet was good again. Um, you know, we're beating a dead horse on that one. But I mean, every single time out, he's doing something to help Rockwall win Mm -hmm. uh to get that seventh inning going. Uh after they've been tied up, um, he had he he led off with a base hit um to lead that top of the seventh where Rockwall batted around. Remington Spurl had two hits. Landon Locke, we've talked about him a lot. Um, yeah, he didn't fill up the box score, but man, he does a lot of stuff. He made some really, really good plays at third, uh, including one that on a on a thrown away steal attempt, he got over to third, and it was a weird play because it was a <clears throat> pick off at second or throw down second. The ball goes to the outfield. They get interference on Braden. The runner ran into Braden, so the umpire signaled interference. Guy gets to third base. The ball was thrown away from center field to third base, and got over to the dugout. And Locke went over, slid, got it, and threw it home to get the out. And there was some confusion because they they had signaled interference. Yeah. But apparently, once you you know once you've gotten the, the next base, that's the only free base that you get. And if you make an attempt to advance past that, it's a live ball. And so that was a huge out to end an inning um, for Rockwall. But you know, hustle play by Landon Locke. He made a really tough, uh, kind of a short hop play look really easy. Um, but I'm impressed with him. He he just seems to be getting better and better as the season goes with confidence and, uh, but incredible athlete. Probably quarterback one for for Rockwall this year, and um, obviously quarterback and athleticism runs in the family for him. But his brother now transferred to Wisconsin from Mississippi State to play for. Phil Longo coming over from North Carolina, but uh, Jack Jungles uh, had a base hit, got on base with a walk um, to keep that inning alive. Rockwell scored six runs in the top of the seventh, all with two outs. Jeez, Um, yeah, it was, and you know that was that was extended by two walks, one by Jack Jungles. You know Overstreet was on base, but Jack Jungles got a walk, and then Dylan Garcia had a really good at bat to draw a walk, and then Pearson had the the three run double next, um, on the Heath side, Colin Lyles had another RBI. He just, you know, it was, it was a big hit at the time. He just, you know, finds ways to get it done. Uh, Brady Latisow, um, hit a hit really hard ball at third base, had a two RBI single, um, and was hit by a pitch. So he was finding his way on base. Weston Thompson had two hits and Parker Ivy, uh, had, had a hit as well. Um, You know, uh, Preston Lewis started the game, and Parker Ivy came in to pinch it later in the game. But um, another really good game. The score doesn't necessarily dictate that or tell you that, but man, it was it was intense again. um, A lot of back and forth, and and Rockwell came out with the season sweep, and we're going. If that's ever happened before, it's only been once. Um, But uh, you know, playoff atmosphere again. Yeah. um, Kind of thinks that it's early in district, so it's kind of gonna to have to wait to play some more big games for a while for those two teams. Um, but right. yeah, you don't know <laughs> if it
0: matters how much it matters for the district race
1: yet, right? You know? Right, but I, I did see two teams in their district last night, uh, North Forney, uh, versus Roy City. North Forney's got a chance, like they're gonna have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, I liked what I saw from them. Uh, Landon Cochran, leadoff hitter um gets on base at a really high rate really good athlete can play a bunch of positions can play center can play right can play second and third left-handed bat like I said he can run um last night like I talked about earlier was one of those games where it was just it was impossible conditions to pitch in um close to 20 walks or hit by pitches in the game um but you know, I, I thought Cochran did a really good job of not trying to do too much. He came up in some situations where he could really um do some damage and didn't didn't swing out of his shoes. So he he walked three times, uh once with the bases loaded, had a single. Um, but impressed with him. I, I really like what I saw from him. Dylan Clark, uh shortstop, 2024 shortstop, made a really good play on the on the Roy City leadoff hitter um at one point. I like his actions. Uh he was on base, let's see, one, two, three times on uh, yeah, had an RBI sack fly to center field as well. Um, but he's got a chance to play at the next level. I, I like what he did defensively and the way he moves. Um then you got Jorge Herrera hitting in the three hole, hit a he crushed a home run, uh a three run home run that was kind of the the that was the the closer for them. That was that kind of that kind of put the game out of reach, um, later in the game. But I mean, it was still the rain was still coming down and it, it got knocked down and it still, I think, cleared the bullpen and left field. It was, it was a blast, but he's senior going to Eastfield. Um, Mason Daniels, uh, was on base three times. He had a two RBI single. He's another, uh, 2023 going to Eastfield. Um, uh, Logan Mitchell, uh, four hole hitter dh he's a 2024 was on base four times two singles two walks um and then preston preston Crow threw a through a complete game last night and it was it was funny because like he was he was running up on that pitch count and yeah like he had it up on the board and the coach came out i mean he was one batter away from having to be taken out the coach came out and we were like oh no, is he going to pull him right here with one with two outs in the last inning? And he let him stay in, and he got a he got a pop up to to end it, or else he he would have had to be pulled. But um, impressive outing for him. Again, you know the weather made it awful conditions. He did a good job controlling that. He had some tough luck behind him on defense. Just you know, it, it was the rain was coming down so bad that infielders were losing pop ups. So there was a several pop flies that dropped that wouldn't have. Um, under normal circumstances, but he just kept pitching um, and ended up with a complete game and got the win for North Forney. Uh, on the Roy City side, Adam Gomez, uh senior shortstop, uh, liked his actions, uh, had a single, um, and then got robbed of another base hit by that really nice play by Dylan Clark at short. Harrison Hayes, a junior, he had a really hard single in the first inning. And then uh, Mason Broom, uh hit a home run senior for Roy City. It the ball was crushed and it was like he he got it off the bat. Like everyone knew off the bat it was gone. And it barely got out because of the rain. I don't think people realized how close it was to not going out, but the ball was absolutely crushed. Um but yeah so that was North Forney uh North Forney ended up winning 15 to four uh over Roy City. But again it was just kind of a it was a weird game just yeah. because of the conditions That's and so happened one of those games you can't – you're not going to penalize anyone for anything you saw right. just because it, the weather was that bad. But like I mentioned earlier, both teams, you know, like there wasn't any complaining. There wasn't – you know, it was just they kept at it. Both dugouts were into the game, um, which, you know, it pretty early on, it was probably very unpleasant for guys that are out in the field because of the rain. But uh, shout-out to the Roy City roof above the stands uh, for – Oh, there like you us. go. Very impressed by that, um, but it's a sweet little field. Royce City's got a cool field, and that's right down the road from us. So, um, But, yeah, so those are the those are the three games that I had um, and a lot of other interesting stuff going on around the area too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was like Rockwall and Heath. It was weird that last week when I did Lake Travis-Westlake, like back-to-back, back, like it's like, all right, we're going to open up district with these two. You know, then you, it just – it's fun, but you don't really know how much it impacts the district race until weeks and weeks later, you know, like where you don't get that potential matchup with a district um, championship on the line. But those rivalry games are always really good. And yeah, from what I saw, you know, I, I was excited. You got to go see um, Flower Mounds because a couple of guys on there that I hadn't seen in person before, but, um, you know, was looking back through our coverage. And like like you said with Adrian Rodriguez, like he has power, but he he's a guy that can hit and he just happens to have power. Like he's not a guy that's one of those. Right. Groove swing, mashing mistakes and and, uh, trying to hunt the power type of hitters. Like he, he hits, you know, like there's really, really good clip of him going down and getting a ball, you know, down in the zone and, and, and showing some good barrel control and getting a base knock there. And, uh, you know, Sam Erickson looks the part of a, a tooled up guy with, with some strength as well. but, um, yeah, that both those Flower Mound teams and fell Mount and Fallon Marcus, I'd be surprised if they don't make some deep runs, but uh they're both really 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 talented. Um you know, looking at Flower Mound, I mean gosh, you know, OU commit a couple AM commits, Glazer heading to Texas State. I'm glad you got to you got to see him. Um you know, that's a really good gift for Texas State. So some really really exciting, exciting matchups. Um yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just a little weird that some of these rivalry games get knocked out. Um, early on before we really get into the to the district hunt, um, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I went and saw Leander and Leander Rouse, um, because I went and saw Westlake and Lake Travis Monday and Tuesday, and then I was like, I'll go see Rouse, because uh, they're playing during the day on on Wednesday. Um, and I got a chance to see Oscar Salazar, uh, uncommitted 2024 right handed pitcher from Rouse. Heard some buzz about him, uh, just the way he's been performing and throwing and things like that. I'd seen some clips online, and uh, he was impressive. Uh, He ended up throwing six innings, struck out 13 – or excuse me, struck out, uh, I believe, 11. um, Or it might have been 13. I should know this. I I did the video for it. But um, gave up just one hit, only two walks. Um, Really good slider command and execution. I mean, he was putting the slider to the glove side away from righties regularly for strikes. Um, and then he could bury it when he wanted to. Um, with the arm slot he throws with, he's about 85 to 88 miles an hour. And he was still 85, 87 in the final inning. He was throwing, just creates a lot of natural run up and in coming out of his hand, some weight to the pitch. Um, actually showed a little bit of a true curveball as well. Um, changeup, he really pronates the changeups. so you get a lot of kind of that circle action or a lot of that spin? With with his changeup there, that got there weren't many, he didn't see many lefties at all in that lineup. So he didn't have to focus, he hadn't have to showcase the changeup much, but he did throw it to some righties some as he started working through the order the third time, which is really smart. But uh, through well, good looking kid. I think he's going to be a physical arm. Uh, I think the velocity is going to continue to pick up, but he can pitch Uh, a lot of quality strikes from him. Uh, I can see why people are high on him. And I I think he's certainly going to be a guy that. Um, programs to take a look at uh, this spring and probably into the summer as well. And then um, another guy on that team, Caden Caspar, center fielder from uh, the, for Rouse. Um, this will kind of transition me into a list of some uncommitted guys here. A uh, ton of bat speed, a lot of athleticism, um, good competitive energy, quick twitch guy. Uh, it just it, from talking to some people around Rouse, people are really high on him uh, he's got some tools. Um, to me, he looked like a guy that I think some junior colleges really need to, to kind of go get a look at, uh, because he can run, um, showed a strong arm in center field, covered some ground out there. And, um, I like guys like this because he's not passive as a hitter. He's, he's aggressive. It's, you know, it's a quick bat and he's not afraid to put it in motion. So, um, be some times where he might chase and expand the zone, but, um when he makes contact it's 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 gonna go and he's a guy that can get on base and do some damage on the base base pass as well so an uncommitted 2023 outfielder uh, that I think some junior colleges definitely need to take a look at um then kind of just some names some uh, uncommitted names of guys that have caught my attention throughout the last month and a half or so uh Lake Travis um Dylan Schlaudebach is the older Schlaudebach um, heading to a junior college, but Gavin Schlotterbach, the younger one in the 2024 class, they're starting catcher there at Lake Travis. Uh, solid behind the plate, physical right handed hitter. He's got some pop. And then he got on the mound, he's um, up to 89 miles an hour with a sinking fastball, really good change up. I think that he's a guy that some, some D1s definitely need to pay attention to. Um, Liam Richards, uh, outfielder for Lake Travis, uncommitted senior. There's been some buzz about him. Uh, he's more physical. He's stronger. It shows in the way the ball is coming off the bat. I think he's a good bet to lead that team in steals, uh, probably runs, walks. Like he he's been a machine at the top of that lineup so far this season. Um, and Nathan Duvall from Westlake two-way player. Um, I like the way he's shown on the mound. Three pitch mix. I think he's gonna he's got still got some physical projection left, some filling out to do. The Westlake coaches really really like him. Um, Jackson Duffin at Alamo Heights um i've seen him a couple times and the glove looks really good at shortstop got a chance to stick there i think at the next level just one of those guys that like every time a ball is hit to him no matter where it's hit if he has to range to the back can up the middle if it's right at him if it's hard to it's one hopper whatever um his his confidence and his actions don't change it just all comes super super easy to him uh, so I think he's a guy that um, you know contact over impact hitting approach, but he's a guy with the glove I think can make an impact there at shortstop at the next level. So anybody looking for a, for a guy that can actually play the the position um, at the junior college level should should check in on him in Alamo Heights. Um, Andrew Ermis, senior catcher at um, at San Antonio Reagan, one of the better catch and throw guys I've seen. Physical, he's got some juice in the bat. Um, Mason Ashlock at Jipping Springs, right hand hitting first baseman, a lot of bat speed physical, strong. Um, he's got some ex- kind of explosive twitchiness as well. Um, but he's a guy that can really drive the baseball and it's a really good bat speed. Um, we, Jake Overstreet, we've mentioned, uh, it feels like countless times, but like, just kind of want to hammer it home. Like this is, this is a D one catcher. Like he's, he's a really good player. Uh, he kind of, you know, he kind of reminds me some of Silas Arduan, like in Silas was, was a big catch and throw defender guy early on. But, you know, credit to Texas. They thought he could hit, and they were right. He ended up being a really good hitter. And, you know, I, I think that Jake, um, just the way they move, their body type, their actions, like, it just it reminds me a lot of Silas. And I think he's a definite D1 catcher. Um, I think that he's a guy that that, you know, this catching class in 2024, there's a lot of really good catchers in the state of Texas. So if you're a program that's kind of weighted on that position, I think there's still some really good guys out there for you to go get potentially. And he he'd probably taught my list there. Um, another guy we've talked a lot about, Will Maggetts, uh uncommitted senior uh, at Westlake. Uh, just been tearing the cover off the ball pretty much all season long. Physical projection standout football player. I like the swing. I like the decisions in the batter's box of what he takes, what he swings at. Um, he's getting some buzz. I've heard there's I heard there's some some pretty big-name programs doing some work on him, and, and rightfully so. Um, Zach Gingrich, a 2024 player at Smithson Valley, true two-way talent, uh, left-handed hitter who's really athletic. Um, he's got some tools, center fielder as well, can run. Um, he added like 20 pounds of muscle this offseason – been up to 89 miles an hour on the mound. He is a definite two way guy. Uh, Matthew Natardis from New Bronzefuls, uh, uncommitted senior left handed pitcher. When I saw him um, against Westlake, uh, it was only about 81, 83, but he could really pitch. And it's a really deceptive left handed arm path. You don't really see the ball. And he spun one of the better curveballs I've seen all year long. And it really baffled Westlake. And we know if you're shutting down that lineup, um chances are you're you're doing something right there and guys just could not pick up the curveball they whiffed at it uncomfortable takes I mean he could throw it in strike for strikes early in the count he could bury it late in counts in the fastball they just didn't pick it up as well either so uh, I was really impressed with his outing against Westlake I think that's a guy that that should get an opportunity to pitch in the next level um Cade McCoy mentioned him recently from center fielder. um Solid defense in the outfield, can run. He's got some arm, good reads off the bat, good routes. I think that's somebody that can definitely help a program, at least defensively, at a premium spot at the next level. Um, Alex Bernsmeyer from Vista Ridge, he's gonna he's a four-year starter for those guys, can really, really run. It's plus, mini, plus, plus run, right-handed hitter, athletic, um, kind of one of those compact, strong frames, You know, talented football player as well. Uh, puts the ball in play a lot. I think he understands who he is as a hitter. He's more contact over impact. Uh, but a guy I know Vista Ridge is really, really high on. I mean, to be a four-year starter at a program anywhere is uh, is a pretty big deal. Um, Alex Martinez at Waco Midway. Saw them during the scrimmage early in the year. I really like the, the, the vibe of him as a hitter. Kind of those hitterish tendencies, the way he tracked pitches, what he swung at, the way he carried himself. He's got some pull-side pop as well. Um, calm, confident actions defensively at third base. I think he's a prime guy that can go to a junior college and, and make an impact there and maybe end up being a guy that that moves on to a top program after that. Um, I probably need to check and see if this guy is committed or not. I don't think he is, but Zachary Fetchell at Vista Ridge, seeing him up to 90 miles an hour. I know well, we got some good video on him in an early season tournament up in the DFW area, throwing the ball really, really well. Um, overhand curveball changeups got a chance to be really good. Um, the velocity has been coming on as well. I know he's had some big performances for Vista Ridge. Um, Cooper Markle at Tompkins, the younger brother of Drew Markle, he's got some tools. Um, you know, I saw them against Katie when Lucas Moore and and, um, and Cole Cossi were pitching. So if you're putting the ball in play against those guys, you're seeing some really good stuff. And uh, he probably took the best swings of anybody in that lineup that day. Uh, I think he's got some projection. I like the way he moved. He's athletic and run. Kind of got the skill to play all over the place defensively. (laughs) And then um, Avery Dubosa, Waxahachie, I saw them at at, uh, Dripping Springs in a tournament there. Um, Made a lot of the plays defensively at shortstop. Made all the plays that he had at shortstop. Um, Calm heartbeat. um, Got in the box, left-handed hitter. Took some good swings. Athletic, two-sport guy that played football. Um, You know, just one of those guys that you watch him take in and out and you watch the way that he handles the glove and the baseball at shortstop, I think he could be a middle of the diamond player that um, should get an, opp- needs to be a guy that I think gets an opportunity to play at the next level. Cause there's some athleticism and some skill there as well. So um, that's about, I think it ended up being about 18 uncommitted guys. Um, I think in the future, we plan to kind of type up a long, long list of just uncommitted players that have really caught our attention um, throughout the season. So I'm um, as much as, a, as fun as it is to go see the Blake Mitchells and the Sikora's and the you know, the, the Adrian Rodriguez and the big, you know, the Caden Sorrells and things like that. Like, I love seeing guys like this to where it's like, yeah, these guys are good players. Um, hopefully they get an opportunity to keep playing. And a lot of them will, it's just a matter of time for, for many of these guys. Like we always say, like, like they're, they're these programs always have scholarships left and there's always going to be opportunities. Like if you're good, you're going to get an opportunity and I know a lot of junior colleges are still doing work as well. And even some of the D ones, you know, are still doing a lot of work kind of adding to their 2023 class as well. So um, good list of guys there. And if you're a college coach tuning in, we've got video, I think on all of these guys, um, you can check out their profiles at five tool.org as well, or even search through Twitter because we've, we've covered all of them so far this year.
1: Yeah. It's, it's amazing to me. Like there's so many guys that just slip between the cracks and, um, For some of these teams, you know, some of it, it's it's seniors that haven't gotten to pitch or play a lot because they're because they're on such loaded teams the year before. Um, Some of it, they just grow late and they, you know, haven't been on teams that play at the right stuff or just haven't been in the right place at the right time um, to to be seen. And, you know, we're still like we've talked about dealing with the COVID logjam a little bit um you know hopefully we're coming out on the back side of that I over think, the next but, yeah, year too the
0: last year it's really gonna impact yeah that,
1: right? so you know that's it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out um over time but you know we're still dealing with the portal and um you know tra- teams trying to figure out how they want to use that so a lot of unknown uh but you know there's the good thing is is that in baseball they will find you the scouts yeah. will find you if if you can play um and just keep at it, get at bats, keep playing. Um, you know, we always encourage junior college for, for a lot of kids. It's not for everybody, Mm -hmm. but, um, obviously in this part of the country, it's a really good option. And there are some really, really good junior college programs, uh, in the state and, and the surrounding States. Um, so, you know, I, I encourage people to like look into those options and the D two options that we've talked about a lot, because, I think people would be surprised when they really get down to it. You know, everybody wants to go D one. We understand that, but um, there are some D one or some junior college D two D three programs in this part of the country that I I think people would be really surprised, you know, how good the facilities are, the coaches, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good coaches at those levels um, and some really good winning programs that'll get guys drafted. You know, that's the thing. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's going to be tougher to get drafted on a at a bigger school if you're not playing. Yeah. Whereas you know if you're you're somewhere else, you're at a at D two school or a junior college and getting to play every day and lighting it up. I yeah. mean they'll they're not afraid to take you from there either. No. Um,
0: I be yeah but, I, I've had some you know bumping in some bunch of scouts on the road just kind of talking about this because there's you know. It's kind of been a little bit perplexing. Some guys, you see, you know, where they go and the bats and things like that. It's, you know, we always talk about like, okay, you can, you can go the major D1 route or whatever, but you have to understand there might, there's probably going to be a process to, to getting in the lineup, to getting at bats, to getting reps and things like that. And understand that these guys, their job is to win games. So um, they're not going to hesitate to recruit over guys and go to the portal and and, and things like that um but we're just kind of talking about like you know the value of going and getting at bats and playing and from their perspective too like if you go perform anywhere like it 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 doesn't matter you know like yeah like uh, if you go perform in the sec okay like that's going to be a little bit different than going to performing in a mid major program like okay if they can show up and see you hit really good stuff then yeah that's that's a big deal but if they show up and sit on a team for a weekend and you get three at bats and they go sit on a team in a mid-major conference and they watch a guy get 12 at bats and he performs like that. I mean, performing is still performing. So um I hope over time, you know, more and more kids kind of realize that the value of, of the opportunity to play and, and, you know, as we always say, like, this isn't like running away from competition or anything like that. Like, yeah, there's that element as well. You know, I think a guy that we know very well, Dylan Campbell, is a good example of that. He didn't play much as a freshman kind of was a platoon partway guy as a sophomore. And then here he is this year. I think he hit another Homer last night and like, he's turned into a really good everyday player at Texas and it's going to get drafted. Um, so there's always that element to it as, as well. And there's summer baseball and things like that, but you know, I think of like a guy like we really like, like Ryan Black, you know, like yeah. Yeah. stuck stuck with his commitment to UTA when the new coaching staff came in. I know we know they made him a priority from day one. Like, man, we need to keep this guy in the fold. And there he is performing and, and playing all the time. You know, Chase Moore at Texas State wanted to be a Bobcat. Just love Texas State um and knew you know there's going to be an opportunity if if he performed and earned a spot to play and he, he's he's certainly performing all right it's still crazy what he's doing with with the bat even dealing with a, a little bit of elbow injury as well so um you know as, as sometimes i feel like you get a lot of these these hiring guys and everybody looks at the draft is oh i see all these college guys making four or five you know six million dollars signing it's like, okay, but like, you've got to play and you've got to perform, you know, there's no guarantee that, that those two things are, um, excuse me, that those two things are going to happen in all these programs. So it's just something that's, that's fun to follow. And, but just talking to, you know, scouts and things like that, I think sometimes kids lose sight of the fact that like, if you just go somewhere and perform, like they're going to find you. And that applies to the high school level too. Like if you're really good, like Will Maggins is a good example of that. Like if you start tearing the cover off the ball and you keep doing it over and over and over again, like they're going to come find you. Like it's just a mm-hmm. matter of time before you get an opportunity. Um, and with a lot of these seniors that might be a little bit frustrated that man, maybe I don't have a place to play it. Like if you go out and perform, like they're, they're certainly going to find you um, and you're going to get an opportunity to play somewhere. Cause there's always an opportunity to keep playing.
1: Yeah. And I got, I got 2 I'm going to, I'm going to talk about two uh five tool gpa guys that uh, did well yesterday. shout out to it- the
0: five tool gp man we've been on fire last what it seems like a while now like Jackson and todd just committed to rice you know a guy that we ethan had on our class team. Yeah, yeah ethan ashley as well great for those guys it's awesome to see
1: yeah um aiden white was up to 90 several times last night oh okay yeah so that was um that was big news out of prosper um even uh Rock, he he pitched in relief in that game. Uh Josh Byers had uh, a double and a home run. He's going to be for, really
0: for... good. <laughs> he's already yeah. good, but he's going to be
1: really good. Yeah, and then Tommy Mulkern from Frisco, I saw that he hit a three-run bomb, and I know he had another hit last night, but Frisco is off to a hot start, man. I think they're something like 16, 17, and one right now. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm excited to get over there and see them soon. But, yeah, Tommy's been doing, doing well on the mound. Um, has been hitting well for Frisco. So just want to give him a, a little nod because, you know, I think he's got, he's got some two-way potential um mm-hmm. at the next level, depending upon where he goes, but um he's been swinging it pretty good. So just want to throw that in there. But um yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah like we said, there's, 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 there's time, you know, I mean, for the 23s um, uh, there's still time. Yeah. Um, don't need to rush it. And the 24s, there's plenty of time.
0: Oh yeah. You, know, you haven't even yeah. gotten
1: to the summer. So um, you know, we still, we get some, um, we, you know, we get some, some notes from people that are a little bit tense about that for 2024, but there's no need to be uh, at this point because you still got the rest of your high school season and, and your big summer going into your yeah. senior year. So, um, but yeah, I mean, those, we just keep seeing those five school GPA guys, uh, doing, doing good things on the doing Awesome.
0: Yeah. It's, it's great to see. And, uh, yeah, if we, uh, if, if Drew and I give you a call in the summer and, and invite you out to, uh, to Arizona in September, um, know that, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity. Um, and, uh, we're not just, we're not just extending the out, invite to anyone. Like the, a lot of these guys can really play and they're getting opportunities at some really good programs to keep playing. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's really, really exciting to see. Um Before we get out of here, did you see the Otani trout at bat from last night?
1: Um I've seen, I saw the clips of it. I didn't see it live cause I was at the game, but man, like, Wow, (laughs) what
0: are the yeah? What are the odds that like the World Baseball Classic final at bat in the championship game comes down to Otani
1: versus Trout? I mean, baseball couldn't have scripted it any better. No, my my. I mean, what what an awesome event! Like you know, that was that was like World Cup level excitement for baseball people. And my hope, and I get it. You know, the money's big. You know, the timing is weird, but like my hope is that we can get some of those USA arms next time out yeah. because I mean, not sure that it would have made a difference last night, but man, it, it sure would have been fun to see someone like, you know, a Scherzer or, or, you know, somebody like that, or Kershaw sounded like he wanted to pitch. He did. Um, yeah. And he
0: couldn't get the insurance for it.
1: Yeah. So man, it it's, it's tough, you know, but hopefully that, that, that'll propel some guys, you know, maybe not everybody, but might get some guys to, think about it a little bit harder and you know maybe just prepare a little bit differently in the off season. and uh but that event i mean incredible event if you didn't yeah. if you watch that and didn't enjoy it i don't you're you can't be a baseball fan so yeah I mean, it's it, just, yeah it's
0: it, it, it i mean it had everything um you know it's just it's been cool to see like the ratings come in from from various countries, and it gives you an idea. Of, like <laughs> they're like,
1: they're hard to believe. They're so yeah. They're, I haven't I mean, seen
0: I haven't seen the Japan one from last night, but I'm guessing the ratings from Japan for that game.
1: I there was something yeah. I, I this sounds crazy. This is kind of what made me say that, but I saw something that said that ninety three percent of the televisions in Japan were turned were tuned into that game. That sounds nuts. I realize that. But like just it I'm, sounds nuts, but like in Japan, I that'd be
0: the one place I believe it. Cause it's like even like the, the huge national high school tournament that they do there. Yeah. It's like every TV everywhere is on that. And, yeah. and, and that's a that's a high school tournament. Um yeah, it's it's just some of these ratings have been bonkers, but like it gives you an idea of, of how how global the game is and how big of a deal it is in, you know, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Venezuela. Um, I'm fascinated to see what it does for baseball in Mexico. You know, like, like, you don't, you don't really think of Mexico on the same level as like a Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, those areas that have routinely put guys in the big leagues for a long, long, long time now. But um, there were some huge names on that roster. They performed really well. The fan support was great. Like I'm kind of curious if we start to see an uptick in, in, you know, what baseball does in, in Mexico, but right mean, now everything. I mean, from you know, what a Randy Rosarina was doing and, you know, like Japan playing in the Tokyo dome and doing their thing. And then Otani up to 102 in the last inning and throwing a three, two slider that's a right off like a perfect pitch, you know, like after a 102 mile an hour fastball, just throwing in an 87 mile an hour slider, just a couple inches off the plate to get a chase there, uh, was amazing. Um, you know, just like Japan now, like their talent levels gotten way better. But it, it was it was so much fun. Like you said, I think that this will. There's always going to be the element because of the time of the year, what pro teams are doing with their arms, um, but I think there's going to be some pitchers that are just like you know, screw you. I'm playing this thing, whether, yeah, whether you like it or not, if I can get the insurance to go playing it, I'm going to go playing it. That's just, that's just the bottom line. Um, So yeah, that will be, that will be fun to watch in the future for sure. And like, like all these guys coming out of this, like, this is the most fun I've I've had, you know, and it's just like, you know, the all-star yeah. game is the all-star game, you know, that, that is what it is. But like, you know, this was a very, very competitive world cup type of type of deal for baseball. And that's a, that's the way a lot of those guys ended up, ended up treating it like the way that Japan Mexico game ended and how serious those matchups were with, you know, Venezuela and Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic and all those things like that. So it was, it was so much fun. If you're a baseball fan, you missed out on it. Um oh, man, that's go, go try to find some highlights and, and things like that. Um, like, I can't get like I I don't I've I've got reached a point now with Otani that I don't think I'm ever in my life gonna see another player as talented and good as he is. It's just it's it's unbelievable he's like top five pitcher in, in the world and top five hitter in the world. Like it <laughs> and then he ran down the line one four one six last night
1: like that's that's freaky
0: like they had video of him taking batting practice hitting balls off that video screen in miami and people that cover miami are like we've never seen anybody hit baseballs out there and like (laughs) you could there's a swing they had a video on you could hear the ball hit the video screen and then he reacts to it as it happened like it's the guy is just freaky and you know i was reading a story that like there was a point where he was going to jump straight from high school to major league baseball. But you know, the coach that was a Japan coach was um, his uh, pro coach over there had some special meeting with him and said, you know, basically the message was, Hey, let's try to do the two-way deal and let's see if you can just do something nobody's ever done before. But I think he was either gonna be, yeah, I think he's either going to be just a pitcher or a hitter. When he left out of high school, he wasn't going to do the two-way deal. Um And uh, yeah, it turns out that was a very, very good move for everybody involved, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm already looking forward to the next one. Uh, I'll be curious to see what kind of, what this does to the angels, you know, a team that's just never gotten over the hump, you know, but those two guys just what they did in the world baseball classic, I don't know, maybe it carries over to the clubhouse and they just, everybody's just a little bit better this year, you know, with those guys kind of carrying the way. So uh, we'll see there for sure. But um yeah and then it's it's a big week for me it's the annual uh main event fantasy baseball draft in las vegas heading out there thursday afternoon um my wife is tagging along because covid and rsv ruined all of our winter vacations that we had planned (laughs) we had to cancel a new york trip uh, two other trips as well because it was just like RSV. Oh wait, Lucy has RSV and COVID. Oh, wait, we have COVID. Okay, we have to move Jack out of the house. And okay, now it's Christmas. And yeah, so it was just kind of a never-ending string of of illnesses in the house. So we never got to take any trips. But um yeah, heading out there. Hopefully, I uh, hopefully I draft a winner. Um, I know I'm drafting beside a former main event overall champion, so not the best draw in the world to start things off there, but Oh yeah it's uh it would be fun to to get out there during march madness time and um couple couple days in vegas only 3 days so that's that's probably the max you can ever spend in vegas if you do anything more you, you're you're going to regret it probably and your right. body will probably regret it too so heading out there but yeah get to a game tonight and we've got a lot of coverage at 5 toolorg from from all the stuff that we've been seeing Wrote up a 5 tool 5 yesterday, highlighting some guys from Arizona and in California. If you missed any of our Boris Classic coverage, that event is always loaded. Um, and I felt like every video that came through is an Arizona State commitment. Apparently, they had like 35 commitments out there. At least that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, so go check out our, our uh, 5 tool Nevada, 5 tool Arizona, 5 tool California accounts. Uh, we had a lot of really, really good coverage from the Boris Classic, a lot of big names out there, a lot of big name high school programs. Mountain that region as well some really good players and some really good uncommitted players as well there are a couple guys in like the 25 and 26 class i had to do a double take because i was like oh who are these seniors that aren't committed and it's like oh wait no you're a six foot three freshman that's pounding the baseball over the field yeah so got a little yeah. bit of the future there but all right before we get out of here you got anything to wrap us up with no do you think do you think, do you think the longhorns coming out of the weekend will be final four bound
1: so they play no. Xavier in the Sweet 16. Yeah. No, I don't. I well, you know? I think if I think if they beat Xavier, they will. But yeah. I I think the Xavier one's gonna be the tougher, the tougher game for them. Yeah,
0: see, I don't I, I picked Houston to win the, the title in my bracket, but I don't I don't think that's a bad matchup for Texas. I think there's a lot yeah. of similarities between both those two teams and, and the way they play and stuff like that. So um certainly Houston, certainly beatable for sure. Um, but wow. Well, okay. You think the Xavier matchup is okay. All right.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any real reasoning for that, but yeah. in my well, it's, mind, it's, it's just... the
0: Texas fan in you. It's been 15 years since,
1: <laughs> since yeah. you've watched the basketball that's, team that, play that, in a probably, 16 game. That's, like that's probably part of it. So. Yeah.
0: It's, it's very foreign territory. You expect the worst, you know, that's yeah. yeah you know, and, I, and I saw, I saw Mike finger wrote about this and it was a really good point. Like, a lot of this roster is made up of so many transfers that they don't really know, you know, like that Texas, you know, that you're supposed to not get to this point and figure out a way to you know, blow it or everything like that. So that's right. Well, that'll be exciting to see for sure. We'll see if the Longhorns um, can pull it out there, but all right, that wraps us up for episode 106. You can follow the podcast at five tool pod on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, follow all of our five tool coverage, our regional, um, our co- regional coverage on our Twitter accounts, there, Instagram as well, Facebook, even TikTok. We're all over the place with great baseball coverage. Uh, a lot of really, really, really exciting performances already this season. I feel like we've got a ton of great footage already. Even like go to some profile pages, like, you know, there's, you know, compilations of catchers from the entire game. Like I've got a compilation of Blake Mitchell with 14 swings and defensive work and his pitching outing and um really really detailed Chandler Hart pitching videos like there's a lot of great stuff on our website so make sure you check that out as well but uh from Drew I'm Dustin McComas until we talk to you all next time take care